Miami's 2023 season is just around the corner, and excitement is ramping up despite the lack of preseason results. Hello everybody, you are listening to Miami Total Football Radio, where the beautiful game collides with passion and analysis. We also go by the name of... Miami Total Football Radio, and I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Franco Penizo. Back with you guys after a two-week hiatus. We did not expect to take last week off, but we did just because schedules did not match up. But no worry, we have a jam-packed show for you, and we will do it, hopefully, <laughs> within our desired time limit. So, joining me on this weekly, usually, bilingual Inter-Miami Focus podcast this week is only one of the usual members of the team, and that is none other than Andrea Yanis, a.k.a. Andreita, a.k.a. Ajisita. Andrea, welcome back. After a couple of weeks hiatus, how are you doing? Hi, Franco. Nice to be back. Uh, nice uh, to be back in the in the middle of things. Excited to what we're going to talk in this podcast and also excited because there is no Jose. <laughs> so we're going to fight it up and no one is going to interrupt. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's gonna be fun. Uh, it's gonna be fun. We miss Jose. We miss Steve. We miss we miss them. But we're gonna take it on this week. It's you versus I this week. Actually, we might find ourselves to agree a lot. You never know. You never know. Depends on the topic. Depends on the topic. But there's a couple things you mentioned there that I want to dive into quickly because this podcast is all about Inter Miami, and we provide you with all the latest team news, updates, analysis, opinions, inside information, general punditry, and much more via a group of seasoned South Florida-based reporters. That's the first part of it. The second part of it is, you said, Jose's not here. But Jose will be there on Tuesday when we play the second ever Inter-Miami media game. And this one's at Drive Pink Stadium. And Andrea, for you listeners, does not know what I'm about to share with her. So I'm very curious to hear your reaction after I say the following words. Because the news is emerging as we speak. The details are emerging with regards to that game. Andrea, you and I are on the same team. Jose Armando is not. He will be playing for the opponents. So it's you and I and a group of other media colleagues against Jose and a bunch of other media members. Now, there's two teams that will take the field on Tuesday at Drive Pink Stadium in the afternoon. One will be called Team Heartbeat. Head coach, DeAndre Edlin. That is the team Jose Armando, a.k.a. Cinco, a.k.a. Island Jose, <laughs> is on. Okay? Andrea, you and I will be teammates in our beloved locker room, our well-tight-knit locker room. Our head coach is Joseph Martinez, and our team name is Team La Noche. So, these two teams will face off on Tuesday at Driving Stadium. Guess who the head referee will be? Who? Phil. None other <laughs> than 
head of communications for Inter Miami, Rafael Cabrera. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Rafa, uh, our, our esteemed colleague who obviously works for Inter Miami, he will be deciding who to give yellow cards to and red cards to on Tuesday. So behave yourself, Andrea. Behave yourself. If you go as hard into the tackles as you do on this podcast, and I have no <laughs> doubt in my mind, Rafa is red carding you. Absolutely. Wow, that's a nice scoop. Nice scoop, Franco. And I have just one thing. Jose should have been in our team. He should have been, but he's not. And we will just have to score a bunch of goals on him. And unfortunately, that's just the way it'll have to be. Guess what? There's also going to be a commentator for this game. Someone someone will be commentating this game. And I don't know what he did to be punished with this, I'm not going to say a privilege, but with the punishment that is uh, having to commentate the media game. But it's none other than Thomas Rongen, who will be broadcasting or uh, narrating, narrando nuestro partido, our media game. So, it reminds me of pulling out all the stops for this media game, the second ever one. First one was late last year, and it was more of a... You know, training session Practice, with with a quick yeah. little a quick little scrimmage at the end. But this one, we're getting jerseys. We're gonna be decked out. There's apparently going to be interviews beforehand, and there might be some clips that make it out. I, I, it's it's going to be a much more official media game. So you know, I'm looking forward to it. Kudos to Inter Miami for for putting that together. Thirty minute game, so only two 15 minute halves. But I, I don't know if I could last longer than thirty minutes. Maybe forty five, but. Yeah, 30, 30 might be a, a good number to. Yeah, that's a good number. That's a good number. And remember, it's on the on the field, on normal field. Last yep. time, it, we played on a reduced field, so I don't know if oh, yeah. all the members of the media. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, I definitely can't run. <laughs> I'm excited to be in the locker room with Joseph Martinez because he has our personality, our kind of personality. So it's gonna be fun. It should be a good time. It should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. I imagine. What there will I be don't like better. is they divided my household. That's... Jose and I should have been teammates. You gotta get stuck in, Andrea. Now you've gotta go for that fifty-fifty a little tougher for Jose. What exactly? Jose, Jose, Jose didn't do the dishes this weekend. You go, <laughs> you go a little, you know. <laughs> Get that, get that studs up. Yes. Yeah, get that studs exactly. up, you know, on the slide, though. So Rafa doesn't give you a red card. Listen. We'll come back, we'll come back with... Uh, yeah, we're honest on this podcast. We will come back next week and provide In a brief synopsis. In the media game, I nutmeg someone, so that was good for me. Did so. you? I don't remember yes. that. Did you really? I don't want to say the name, but Who? yeah, I nutmeg someone. Who? No, I'm not gonna say. Okay, I was. Gonna, is it was it me? I don't think it was me. No, right? I was, no, I was it was gonna, not you. We were oh. in the same team. Okay, okay. I was gonna say when did what what happened? Okay, all right. Well, let's listen. We're honest on this podcast when it comes to the analysis and providing our thoughts. We will be honest next week, regardless of how we do. I have a good feeling we're gonna win. I have a yeah. good feeling we're gonna win. I know the other team has Jenny Chu, which I know she can ball. Uh, you know, CBS side by side reporter. Or side sideline reporter, sorry, and you know she's one to watch for sure. But I, I think I think we can do it. I think we've got this. Listen, with it's Joseph gonna Martinez be hard tactics, playing against Jose because I'm gonna tell the the podcast listener Jose is a good player and he has a nice touch, so it's gonna be hard. I will mark. Listen, if you're gonna go easy on Jose and be all soft on him, I'm going. I'm gonna go mark <laughs> him. Don't worry about it. I got him. That's it, Jose. You're hearing this because you're not here. Listen to this. I am going to mark you, my friend. Marca personal. Marca personal. All right. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there for now with regards to next week's media game. We'll leave it with regards to us. Let's focus on Inter-Miami. We've got a lot to get to, including the most recent preseason results, 
the form of some players and the overall team heading into week one, which is just over a week away, and much, much more. So, let's get to it. Okay, Andrea, Inter-Miami time. Before we get to some of the more recent preseason results, and we will provide you with the scores, of course, let's start with one of the most recent developments, something that Phil Neville said in a recent availability, kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but it's essentially that he said Inter-Miami is practically set on playing with two forwards this year. That's the plan. That you know They're not really focusing so much on having a 10 like they did... In years past, he even mentioned Rodolfo Pizarro, Gonzalo Higuaín, and Alejandro Pozuelo by name when making this this reference. When I heard Phil Neville say that, I thought to myself, "Well, maybe that's it, really, for the four four two diamond. Maybe they're gonna get away from that because, from you know, from what we saw, it didn't really work. There was like we said, a black hole in that midfield. The ball wasn't really progressing from the from the two games." That we could see. Maybe from what Inter Miami staff saw, and this is just my supposition, not information, my supposition, maybe they're like, you know what, it's not going to work without a true number 10. Let's switch it up. So if they're not going to play with a 10, but they're bent on, or hell bent on playing with two strikers, then that means the formation changes. And I think we could see, although I know you and I disagreed, and maybe we'll start here. Maybe we'll see that 5-3-2 that we saw during the second half of that friendly against St. Louis City. Because again, and they've used it, even with a bunch of MLS 2 players and some first-team players, or, t- or players that are on the, on the MLS roster, then I imagine that they're training, on, training that or using that in some capacity in practice. So, your thoughts on if there's no number 10... Do you think it's the 5-3-2, or if you want to call it a 3-5-2, you can, because the wingbacks were very advanced and they were pushed high up. But do you think that's the look? Do you think they go to a back four? Because Phil, Phil has said in other interviews since then, like they're playing with a back four. He's mentioned back four. I yeah, don't buy I that, though. Maybe, I don't buy that, though. I, I don't buy it. I think maybe if he plays with two in the in the front, I think it's going to be a back four. Um, because you cannot... Like, you'll be shooting yourself if you play with two attackers, but you put five defenders in. So, what's the point in putting two attackers? So, I don't think he's playing with five in the back. I think he's going to stick in the four, but with four in the back. But we could see a variation because maybe sometimes he can play with four, three, three, or maybe four, four, two. I don't but, know. But he's not going to play four, three, three if he's saying. It's a two two forward setup that they're going. Yeah, with. but I mean, there's all, there's only two there's only two options, Andre. I see. Again, if there's no ten, right? You take that ten out. That that rules out. Let's say that rules out a four one three two. Yeah, right? but because you a know four I, three three four three. Yeah, but then I don't think you have two forwards if you're playing a four three three. No, Yeku, you could have two forwards because you can have Joseph Martinez and Campana, and you can bring either or Stefanelli or Ariel Asiter or Robert Taylor. Whoever wants to play on the other side, he wants to, he, playing on the other side, and then in the back that way. But then you're can, playing with three forwards, Andrea. You're not playing but, with two. 
but the, no, yes, but um, I, you ask me how can he he do that? But playing with that Stefanelli or either Robert Taylor can calm down and form. A, that is what I'm telling you. I think he he's gonna have a dynamic formation because it's not gonna be a static. Sometimes they're gonna have five in the back, and sometimes they're gonna have four in the back, depending on the game. I don't think we're gonna see a form. This team is not gonna be a team like you say he's gonna play like this every game. He said. We're practically going to play every game with two forwards. Now, that's, yeah, that's right forwards. now. Right? He, yeah. said, he said that on February 10th, yeah. right? February 10th. Things can change. But and it, then if you play with 4-3-3, three, three, for example, then you can have Pizarro and you can have Mota and you can have Gregory playing in the middle. And, they can play together. Andrea, again, if you're playing with three forwards, then you're not playing with two. Like that's, I mean, you have two out of the three, but you're not playing with a two-striker setup, which I think is what Phil Noah was saying. So I don't think it's a 4-3-3. I think there's only a few options here if they're going to play, if my interpretation of what he said is correct. It's either 4-2-2-2, and then that midfield, that second line of the midfield, they're, like Jose said a couple of weeks back, they'd be playing out wide. So you have two essentially sixes, two wingers, and then two strikers. So no 10. You just have that that part of the field's empty. Mm-hmm. That's one possibility, in, in, in my opinion. The other possibility is what we saw in that second half against St. Louis City, where they played. If you want to call it a 3-5-2, go for it. Because they did push up a bit more than we saw even maybe last year. And I think that there's... I, I think that I can understand the idea behind that if they do go that route. Because clearly, and they've said it all preseason... They want to be a more attack-minded team. They want to score more goals. So clearly, they want to push more numbers forward. They don't have a 10. Okay, so they're going to focus, based on what Phil Noble was saying, on two forwards. How do you get those two forwards the ball if you don't have a number 10? Service out wide. So that's where DeAndre Yedlin and I'm assuming Franco Negri will have... Massive, massive roles and massive responsibilities with regards to the attack. Doesn't all fall on their shoulders, but they will have uh, a big part to say in, in how well the attack does. Because if you don't have a pure 10 in that midfield, who's going to feed those two strikers? Yeah, it, it has to be a 4-4-2 four, four, or, or that variation that you say 4-2-2, two, two, whatever, however you want to call it. But it's a 4-4-2. Four, four, I think that is the if he wants to play with two, that will be the most reasonable because of the type of player he has. But we've seen Phil try in this preseason. We have seen him try a lot of, of variations because um, they were playing a game with Montreal, and and from what I know from that game, uh, he played a four three three formation. So. You, you, we have seen a different, different side of Inter Miami. I think Phil doesn't know. Maybe Phil was counting to get Pozuelo back. Maybe they, he thought that he could get Pozuelo back. But I think he's he's gonna have and try to adapt because he doesn't have a true number ten. Yes, some players can take up that mantle, but clearly no one's a, no a natural one number a, ten. A natural. Exactly. Nadie es un diez nato exactly. on this roster. You could say so, Pizarro, maybe, but. Yeah, but that's not his favorite position. Stefanelli, and we've seen Coco also try to be a 10 in that uh, a scrimmage that we we went to. But they, that is their true position. So I guess Phil will have to adapt to what he has. And 
like you were saying, I agree with you that you like you were saying he has to play to the strengths that he has. And he if for me, if he wants to play with two in, in, in two in attack with two strikers, not maybe not two in attack, that is what I, I meant to say with the four three three. Two in two strikers, then he needs to play with four in the back. I think that's that's that is that. And that that will bring balance in defense and not leave a team like exposed like it was a couple of times last year. So this has been my initial impression from just gathering preseason. It's what I think. So I could be wrong, could be right, no idea. We'll see what happens when the season gets going. Just my initial impression is that. Obviously, in MLS, the money goes into the attack, right? Like, there's a there's a imbalance between attack and defense in MLS because yeah. a lot of the money goes to the attack and not as much goes on the defense. That's why you see DPs be, fill attacking roles for the most part, not so much on the defensive side. MLS does that by design because they think that just having goals, even if it means poor play at the back or imbalanced play at the back, Goals will lead to excitement, which will lead to fans in seats and eyes on TVs or phones or computers or mobile devices or whatever you're watching on these days. So I think Inter Miami understands that, that that's just MLS's nature. But I think, I think they might be overcompensating from what they were last year and maybe the year before that. When they were, when they started the year, as more of a defensive-minded team that looked to counter, that looked to hit on the wings, I think they're maybe overcompensating a little too, bit too much by trying to go so gung-ho and go so attack-minded. Maybe it pays off. But I have questions, and I've said it since you know the initial, maybe not the initial pod, but the pod after the first preseason game we saw against uh, Vasco da Gama. I have questions about whether the defense will be able to hold up if there will be enough of a balance in the overall team's function and to, to offset that, to offset yeah. what the attack can give you. Exactly, and especially since Phil revealed that uh, Sergei is injured, so I don't know if we're going to see him on, on, on the first game of the season, so it's very close. So Inter Miami will have to, I don't know, pivot, and maybe that plays a part in what formation we're going to see in the first in the first game of the season. I, again, I and wouldn't sp- be surprised if it's listen, I, just me. I just I wouldn't be surprised if it's that five three two or three five two whatever you want to call it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what we see. Just well, listen. If Sergey is not available, I, I, me personally, it's my opinion. Again, we're giving our opinion. He's here. I wouldn't trust uh, back four when you have McVeigh and Marika or Sailor. Well, Sailor is injured. Uh, when you have them, and um, it wouldn't be your strongest defense. So. I don't see. I could see, as you are saying, a possibility that play with five in the back, uh, bringing someone else in in the defense, because I don't think a back four with those two players is going to work. If you don't have Sergey, then your back four is missing its head, because that is what he is. No, he he's the one who is coming in to replace Damian Lowe. Right. So. We'll see how they go. We'll see how things play out over the next week and a half. You know, I, I titled the last pod "Diamonds Are Forever" with a question mark because I wasn't clear on that that diamond midfield, that four four two shape that they, we saw them in. I didn't know if they had it shown enough in preseason games 
without a true number 10 to, you know, warrant sticking with it in the long term. Now, Phil Neville did say in that interview on February 10th, we'll, f- we'll find a system that fits us or suits us. So- something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. To me, that reads as if maybe that 442 diamond, I won't say they've thrown it away into the trash can, but maybe, maybe it's now on the back burner. Maybe it's a, it's a weapon in their arsenal, but maybe it's not their, their main their main look mm-hmm. like it was like it, it appeared like it was going to be during the initial weeks of preseason especially with Pozuelo like you mentioned yeah listen, who is not I going to be resigned that, that changed yes because Pozuelo went to Turkey he hasn't been and, officially uh, announced yet but by all accounts yeah i guess because of the earthquake and all of that right, that horrible thing that happened right. but he flew he flew there and and sources there are saying that he's going to play there he's going to play there the rest of the season so I guess, and Phil, listen, Phil said in, in the media availability this week that they were not bringing anyone else in. Right. So Correct. It is what it is. So I guess also with that in mind, I think now he can seriously be thinking of doing all these changes and all these things that we are talking about right now in the pod. Right. All our opinions. And I guess if we think about that, I guess he's thinking about that too because he doesn't have a number 10. And he's not going to have it before... February 25. Correct. In a more recent interview, Phil Neville said the window's pretty much closed. Unless something, you know, out of the blue that fits with the budget, you know, comes into into play here, this is going to be the roster more or less for day one of the regular season. So be curious to see what they what formation they come out in and how they approach things. We haven't seen it a game in a couple weeks now. We will get one more opportunity to do so against Austin FC on Saturday at Drive Pink Stadium in the final preseason friendly tune-up amistoso. I don't expect Phil Neville to tip his hand or show his cards in that game. I think you know you'll get some see some players get minutes, forty-five minutes, and then yeah, I, listen, I don't think he's, he's not, I don't think he's showing all his tactics on yeah, Saturday. No, I don't think he's showing us his through cards on on Sunday. Uh, so, I agree with yeah. you with that. Saturday. So, yes. All Saturday, right. yeah, sorry. Okay, so let's recap some of the more recent preseason games now that we've touched on the formation. Because, that's right, Pozuelo is reported to be signing with Turkish club Konyaspor. And he did post an image on a plane. And he said, let's go. So, looks like all signs are pointing to him signing there. It hasn't been announced yet. Probably or possibly because of the situation over there with the deadly... Uh, catastrophic earthquake that's impacted so many lives. Um, just uh, an ugly, ugly situation there. So maybe that's held him back. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers with everyone that's been impacted by that. Um, maybe Pozuelo is waiting for, for some things to to sort out before that becomes official. We'll see what happens there, but it does look like Inter Miami will not have a true number 10. So switching gears to preseason. Since the last pod that we recorded, Inter Miami has played two and a half preseason games because the other one is going on or is wrapping up here as we speak. So what were those results? Okay, here we go. As I reported first on Miami Total Football Substack, when Inter Miami went to Sarasota to play the New England Revolution, it was a two to two draw. Leonardo Campana with a brace in that game. That match, that exhibition, also marked Joseph Martinez's unofficial debut with the Herons. And he played about 20 minutes, 
before coming off. Clearly a sign of that the team is working his way, you know, working him back slowly. He was replaced by Robbie Robinson. Nonetheless, that game ended 2-2. Two two. Inter Miami had two separate leads in that game, but New England came back both times, and it was a stalemate in the end. That's what sources told me. Since then, they also played the Columbus Crew, and that was back in South Florida, back at the practice facility. Inter Miami lost that game 4-2-2. Two two. And now, on Wednesday night, they are playing CF Montreal, the team that they will play in the first game of the regular season. I don't have an update yet as to the score. You said that you have heard some details there? Yes, I have heard that at least the first half finished with two Montreal goals. One of them scored by my favorite player in MLS. <laughs> I'm not going to say. Maybe the listeners know who he is. No, you have to say <laughs> joking, it. You joking, have to joking, say joking, it. Of course. Of course, I'm going to say it. Scored by Romel Kyoto. So, um, Honduran international. Honduran international, yes. Romel Kyoto with Montreal. Now in this new era, 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 however you say it in English, of Hernan Lozada. Listen, um, let's wait and see. Uh, I guess Franco is going to have an update on that, uh, how the game ended. But... Um, Listen, not so much good results in this preseason for Inter Miami. And that's where I would like to quickly... Topic I'd like to quickly dive into with you here. Because we've talked about preseason, not only this this winter, but last winter. And, and it's a talking point, you know, when, when a new year begins and preseason starts. Like, how much do these results really matter? Whether you're winning, losing, drawing, how much does it matter? Andrea, like at the end of the day... How you do in preseason will not decide whether you're at MLS Cup. Like, how you're doing in terms of results. Maybe the foundation you lay for the fitness and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, team building, and you, you could argue that. But in terms of results, it, it, no, not really. But can't say it does not impact team morale and the overall mood around the team and how players feel and if they're feeling a little bit more confident Going into the regular season. Remember last year, Inter-Miami won the Carolina Challenge Cup. And, you know, they were happy as can be holding the trophy. Now, that didn't really translate into anything during the regular season. Because they lost the first, you know, they didn't win the first five games. Took them until the sixth game. So, again, preseason results don't necessarily mean early season success. but But I do think it impacts morale. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, especially for Inter Miami. Listen, in, in the time the team has been playing since their debut, they haven't had good beginnings in the season. Um, they haven't had uh, a stable beginning. So that is why this preseason was important for the team uh, to build, to build, like you said, physically, build a bond between the players. They kept a core, but sometimes when you bring someone new, it's important to build that relationship with the ones that, we're already here on and off the field on and off the field exactly so i think that is important in that aspect the results are not listen uh, footballistically speaking the results are not 100 percent important but they are important to build morale as you were saying and especially for this team because they had a bad start with diego alonso they had a bad start last year they had a bad start the year before so this team needs to get and, and, and the results at the beginning of the season 
influence of them not getting into a better place at the end of the season. So they need to get into a place where they get some results in the first games. I, and and to and to answer your question, I finally, was going to say, Andrea, where's the where's the response? Where's the? Re- is, <laughs> I think it, preseason, yes, it, it's important. It's important. Maybe not a hundred percent the result, but it's it's really important to build a team and to build their chemistry and to build their morale and to be, build their tactics. When things go well for you, whether it means less or not, you know, you, you, you get that little confidence. You get that little, a little bit more pep in your step. But even if it's a little bit. If things don't go well for you, eh, you know, that, that, that can build up. That can build up. So the fact that they haven't won, really, they, they've only beaten to date this CF Montreal preseason game notwithstanding because we don't know the result yet the final result you know if if they've only won one to this point I don't think necessarily that builds a whole lot of confidence confidence going into the first game of the season now if they beat CF Montreal on week one when the ball gets rolling and the game actually matters for points then it doesn't make a difference but if they lose that game then you then it starts to snowball a little bit in terms of you know, we haven't really tasted victory in a while. You know, I could, I could see that going through the players' heads just because they just have been on the losing end and they're competitors. So preseason or not, they want to win. As a matter of fact, let's share an anecdote that I completely forgot to share when Inter Miami lost to St. Louis City. And it, I thought it was one of the most interesting moments that we were able to perceive there on the sideline. Andrea, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but as soon as I bring it up, you will remember. When the full-time whistle blew, someone on St. Louis City, one player, said something very, very interesting. Do you remember what he said? You can say it. You can say it. He said, that was easy. And yeah. he got a little laugh from the group. I think he he saw and noticed that there was media to the side and he kind of, like, I th- in my head, I just perceived him kind of being like, crap, I wish I could take that back. Um, you know, it was, it was a uh, off-the-cuff remark, but it was a remark nonetheless. And to me, that shows, that's an example of, you know, if you do well in preseason or you get results in preseason, that, that helps add to your confidence. You don't think it starts to creep in a little bit of doubt. A little bit of doubt. Again, it doesn't matter, you know, once week one happens, if the Inter Miami wins... Preseason is the results are forgotten about altogether. But if they don't, and that yeah. feeling that feeling continues, then you know that then then you could be talking a, a little bit more about whether preseason results matter or not. But uh, let's go. Let's switch to some individuals here. Campana scored a brace in that game against the New England Revolution. One of the goals, I was surprised by the fact that he shared it on his his Instagram account. It was a nice goal. Left-footed finish from outside the box. After some decent build-up from Inter Miami, they got a fortunate bounce along the way uh, when the ball ricocheted off a defender and into the path of an Inter Miami player. But he got two goals. He has four, or had four up until that point, in the preseason, which is a pretty good mark. It's off to a solid start. Again, preseason doesn't necessarily translate to regular season. But Campana has to be feeling good right about now with regards to his form heading into the start of the campaign. Yeah, totally agree. It's important for him. It's important for him to to get these goals, especially for a goal scorer. If we talked about preseason being important and all that, but if you look at the players individually, especially for 
or a, um, a goal scorer, a delantero, it's a forward, it's important to, to, to get goals. So Campana getting goals in preseason is very important for him. He's going to get to the first game motivated. He's going to feel good. He's going to be feel be feeling good, be feeling like the team uh, made a good decision by keeping him and all of that. So it's important for, for a goal scorer to have a good preseason. I am... And this goes to the same point just now that we talked about collectively. You know, if if he's scoring, even if it's in preseason, that, that'll help his confidence. That'll raise his confidence yeah. a little bit going into, into week one. I'm starting to think I was wrong when I said a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago that I thought Joseph Martinez was the number one option at striker. Because with Campana on this form... Yeah, and, with, and the state that Joseph what Martinez. Did we tell you, I knew he. Was, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> but I, no, I listen. I will admit. I will raise my hand and admit when I think I got it wrong. And right now, the signs to me are pointing that Leo Campana. You know, if they went one striker formation, which apparently they're not going to, but if they went with a one striker formation and it was a winner go home match and everyone's healthy, I think Campana Campana's the guy now. I, I, I'm starting to think that. Starting to think that. Yeah. We'll see. Joseph I, Martinez I, I, right I, now, today, Joseph Martinez no está al 100%. He's not yeah. even close to 100%. So, yeah, so now, once I he gets his footing, then we can reassess, reevaluate. But, you know, if, if Campana, who's younger, he's had his share of injuries too. But, you know, if, if, if he can find this type of form in the regular season, like he did in the first half of last year, maybe even towards the tail end, the very last, last, last bit of last year after he, he kind of got over his injury issues a little bit, although not really because he even suffered injury in, in one of the final games. Then, you know, then I think he'd be the number one striker in, on the death chart, even though Andromeda's playing with two. I think he'd be looking at think, as number one. I think he'll be the number one. And listen, uh, also Campana has a lot to play with. He's young and he's got a new contract, but he's trying to, to get into the national team of, of Ecuador, of his country. He's trying to get, and listen, Ecuador has a lot of good forwards, a lot of attacking players that are good. That is why he was left out of the World Cup uh, roster that went um, to Qatar. So I think Campana has that in his mind and is going to work, work extra harder with Inter Miami to get there. And listen, Joseph, He's already a star in his country, and he's going to get a call-up for the national team, either if he is scoring two goals in each game or if he doesn't score in 10 games. So uh, that that is a difference also that, that. You, that you have to take into account. I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree with that. Because if he's not scoring in 10 games and he's not at his healthiest, I don't know if you call him up internationally. But look, to your Campana-Ecuador point, I think the opposite. I think, yes, he wants to get back in the picture, no doubt. No doubt, but I think he might be a little freer now. He doesn't have that. I mean, it, it was a goal, and it's definitely a reason for motivation. But it also could be something that could stress you out a little bit. I need to make the I need to make the World Cup. I need to make the World Cup. You know, I think this might free him up a little bit. And and one thing he touched on in a recent interview here in preseason was that he's changed some of his daily habits to try to stay healthier mm-hmm. and avoid the injuries that kind of sidetracked his season last year. Said he's eating differently. Uh, it was just doing different things to try to keep his body in in better shape and more tip top shape than he's in because he's in, he's in good physical shape. So let's see, let's see how it goes for him. Andrea, speaking of Joseph Martinez, who I just mentioned, sources told me made his debut against the New England Revolution, even if it was only for twenty minutes. At this point, right now, 
just over a week away from the start of the regular season. Do you think he is in that first 11 in week one? I don't think so. I don't think so because he's not 100% and you can risk him getting injured in the first game. So I think we're going to see Campana playing with another player. If I had to tell you who, I guess it would be Lassiter. Lassiter, that's what I would think, yeah. Because that's what he's, I'm he's the one. He's the one that has been used in this preseason. And um, I don't think uh, Phil needs to risk Joseph if he's not 100%. Because he didn't get a complete preseason. He's a player that has had a big injury that hasn't been the same, that is not in his best shape 100%. So I think you need to take him slow. I I think even he realizes that, and I think... Even he knows that maybe he doesn't start the first game, the first two games or something like that, because he needs to take care of his body to be in shape and to be and to remember he only signed for a year. So Joseph Martinez needs to perform this year to continue and and to get another contract with Inter Miami or with other team in the league. I agree with you. I don't think he starts in week one. I hope he starts me. Next Tuesday. Yes, hopefully. We're I hope get he starts me. No, I said comer banca just for that. No, listen, I don't think at this point, I don't think, you know, the sides are pointing for him starting in week one. I agree with you fully. I think it's going to be Campana and Ariel Lasseter. Just because Joseph played 20 minutes in that game. There's been two preseason games since then. There could be a third one. But it, to me, clearly, if you're playing 20 minutes in your first game back, that's not just a fitness thing. That's a, we're looking out for your health thing. Right, because if it's a fitness thing, you could play thirty, maybe you could play forty-five, exactly. like we saw some players do in that first game of preseason against Vasco da Gama. So, I I think they're building him back up slowly. I think it's going to take some time. I don't think we see him in week one against CF Montreal. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe next week. You know, there are five substitutions now, so maybe that's, that's a substitution that can be made at halftime. But you know, yeah, maybe, the, the, the season the season is can... a. Sp- is a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. Exactly. So I don't can think yet. see him in the last minutes, as, but I don't think we're going to see him as, as a starter 100%. Right. He can come in the 70s, 80s, meaning if they're losing and Phil thinks that they can tie, I could maybe think about him thinking about him, but I don't know if he's... I'm 100% sure he doesn't start. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would, I would, we I would bet on that. This. It's I, the end of the world. <laughs> I would, I mean, listen, I still, you know, I, if we went into the formation a little bit more, I think we're going to get stuck in. But we've, we've touched on that. We've covered that base this week already. All right, another player we need to talk about is Noah Allen. One of the players that we both thought, yet again, we agree, uh, was having, if not the best preseason, or was one of the players having one of the better preseasons for Inter Miami. He went down with an MCL injury in training. He is out, according to Phil Neville, for four to five weeks. Now, I don't think Noah Allen was shaping up to be a starter, regardless of his preseason form. But it is one less option to start the year with. It is a very important year for him because there's the Under-20 World Cup, which he figures to take part in. So hopefully the injury doesn't linger for him. It's a setback. Probably, you know, a bit of a blow. You know, it's, it's, I won't compare it 100% to Ian Frey, but Ian Frey last year, you know, I think most of us had Ian Frey as the best performer in, in preseason, or at least we did. 
And yeah. then he, he suffers a, a torn ACL for the second consecutive year in 2022. So a little bit similar. It is a knee injury. Won't be out as long from what Phil Neville said, but a setback in what is an important year for Noah Allen. Your thoughts, yeah. Andrea? Yeah, definitely a setback for him. Hopefully he can come back. Um, as Phil said, in six weeks, hopefully it is like that. And it's not anything more serious because with these knee injuries, you see players, they can come back, but then they get injured again. So they need to right. take him really slow and take care of him. Because I know in this moment, no, Allen is thinking, crap, I have the World Cup. I have, I'm going to miss everything. I'm going to miss it with the team. I'm not going to go to the World Cup. So he's going to try to get back as soon as possible. But with these injuries, especially these um, medial crucial ligaments, and injuries players do come back but they get injured then in in the next play when in, in, in when they come back in, in in the match that they come back so inter miami needs to be very careful with him right they need they need to take care of him and they need to help him especially in 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 the mental side of things because he's gonna right. want to come back right. and want to come back earlier and, and listen, which is normal, right? It's normal. Yes, As a player, you want to come back. You yes, want you want to get back on the field. You want to compete. You want to play. You want to you know try exactly. to fight for minutes. But that's why you have coaches. That's why you have medical staff. You know, if slow and steady is slow better. Steady. Then, exactly. then that's then that's absolutely the approach. Especially since the under twenty World Cup is in May. It's in May. Exactly. So uh, you know, another setback. You know that that could really put him in jeopardy of missing that World Cup because. Then you're not really playing. You're not even practicing. Can an under twenty head coach afford to take you if you're not, you know, at not not only not healthy or at your healthiest, but also not in form? You know, that's these are things that coaches weigh. So uh, I agree with you. They they have to go slow and steady here. Uh, you know, unfortunate for Inter Miami, unfortunate for Noah Allen, given that he was yeah, off to he- a good preseason. And in terms of the team, Franco, they uh, they brought someone in, but. Um, I guess this means that we're not going to see so much of Gibbs playing as a central defender like you saw him play in that in that match. I would not be so sure about that, Andrea. <laughs> I would not be so sure. And we can disagree here if you want. I, you know, I, I think, I mean, listen, I think he's an option there. Yeah, no I doubt. agree. He's an option, especially because if you, if Sergei is not 100%, you're going to need, and you play with a back five, you're going to need someone. But I think Sergi starts. I think Sergi starts week one. Like you know, Phil said that they expect him to get minutes here. Uh, I don't know if it was either against CF Montreal or against Austin FC. Uh, I'm blanking on which one he said, but you know, it did. It didn't sound like Phil Neville yeah, was all overly worried. Serious. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing serious. But listen, I, I, I still don't trust what they tell us because they said the same thing with Corentin John, and we didn't see him any 10, 20 minutes last season, so. Right, of course. Yeah, we have I mean, to wait and see. There's, the, you know, yeah. you can perceive it, or, or you know. Uh... But I think either Nate is gonna be the starter there. Nate is 100 the starter. So I think Inter Miami will miss Noah Allen in in some moments because he brings dif- uh, different stuff than Nate and Gibbs, especially in attack. But I think they're they're gonna do well in his absence. Well, let's see because. I think Gibbs will probably be looked at as much as a center back as he is a left back, if not more, if not more. I don't know if his, you know, maybe his his body just given the injury history of late, maybe he just can't give you that recorrido. He can't give yeah. you that back and forth play that you need when you're a fullback or a wingback. 
And listen, that happens a lot. When it happens, especially uh, when you're older. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you got to change the uh, positions, maybe. Put, put, you know, be put in a position where uh, it's not as physically taxing or demanding, uh, you know, in terms of a, of a running standpoint. Yes, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to go shoulder to shoulder with some big forwards, some powerful forwards, but you don't have to do necessarily as much running. Not, much, not as much ground to cover. So... Let's see how that position plays out. But I do agree with you. Franco Negri is going to be the starter from you know everything that we found. I think we could pretty much name a starting 11. Maybe that'll be my final thought. I'll just like throw out what I think the starting 11 will be. Uh, all right. Quickly, a couple more players before we wrap up this first segment. One is Drake Callender, who re-signed with Inter-Miami on a deal that runs through 2025 with an extension, or excuse me, with a team option for 2026. A deserved reward. After a breakout season in 2022, they're locking him up long-term. Inter-Miami has a starting goalkeeper for the foreseeable future. Inter-Miami tiene un uno para rato. Andrea, what do you think about Drake Callender's future? What do you, how do you see his potential being? Uh, because last year was, was very good. Last year was very good for the most part. I mean, he had his, his downs, but it was mostly up, and he was... Uh, he was a standout performer. He was he was amongst I would say top three, maybe top five. I would I would say probably top three uh, in terms of the the regular season performance. I think I would go Iguain Campana calendar. That's that's what I would go with. Maybe McVeigh's in the in the conversation there for for three. I know you don't necessarily agree, but you know what are your thoughts on calendar's potential and where his future or what his future could be here at Inter Miami. Listen, he if he keeps getting better, I think he's going to be a starter for Inter Miami for many years to come. That is why they, they gave him a new contract, a better contract uh, with an option. I think Trey Callender needs to keep working. There are aspects of his game that he can get better. And if he does get better, his future can be greater than Inter Miami. He can go to a national team. He can go to maybe to play abroad. I think he has a talent. I think he needs to 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 fix some issues, but I think he's a good most goalkeeper. N- most notably Andrea because I feel like you're just beating around the bush there, not not being direct with me. And <laughs> Where specifically, if there's one area specifically that he has to get better in, in your opinion, where is it? He has to get better with his feet. Absolutely, one hundred. And not only just getting passes or passing the ball, but also getting the ball out and and getting his teammates in a better position. Because as a goalkeeper, your job is not only to stop, but your job is to begin play. So I think he needs to do better in that aspect of the game. So his distribution, I would say it's above average in terms of yes. know, like in terms of his long kicks, but in terms of receiving the ball, feeling comfortable on the ball, making passes under pressure, I think that's where I agree with you. I think he needs work. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we saw a mistake in the game against St. Louis City on a on a back pass that he he wasn't able to trap well, and it got away from him and went out for a corner kick. You know, mistakes like that that you can't afford in the regular season. Yes, the preseason. You know, fine if it happens there, knock off the rust. Uh, but you can't afford that in the regular season, and that did happen against CF Montreal last year in the final game of the regular season. If if you recall, there was a mm-hmm. back pass from Damian Lowe, and. You know, uh, Drake Callender doesn't sense 
the I don't know if it was danger. Kyoto, mm-hmm. but he doesn't sense the danger. He mm-hmm. lacks a little bit of urgency there, and and the ball gets taken from him and ends up in the back of the net. You know, he he does need to get better. I don't think he's going to ever be. You know, Nick, Roma- Nick, uh-huh. Nick Romando or right. Nick Marsman. You know, I don't think he's ever going to get to that level. But can he improve? Absolutely. Is he a yeah, listen, he can improve. And yeah, listen, uh, you don't have to get to those levels uh, to be a good goalkeeper for your for your team. And I uh, I think if he, if he keeps working hard, he's going to get his he's going to be a starter for Inter Miami for many years. But listen. You have to, as a, an American goalkeeper, you have to look at the goalkeepers that uh, are going to Europe, like Matt Turner and Zach Stefan. They are also not good players with their feet, but they both went and got contracts abroad and are playing outside of the country. So I guess Drake Callender has that example. And if he wants to stay, I guess he has a home in Inter Miami for many years because the work is there. He has gotten better. He's a good goalkeeper in if you talk about just saves, he's a he's a good goalkeeper. He has talent. He has a good um, a good vision to to make good saves. So I think he he's gonna get better, and that is why Inter Miami make, made the decision to to offer him a better contract and and for more time. I think he's got a good read of the game. I think he he's good at you know cutting down angles. Uh, I think he's got good instincts and reactions. Still think he needs to work on his commanding of the penalty area, you know, and I, obviously yeah. he's a young goalkeeper, so maybe that, that will come with time as, with as, time, he, yeah. as he develops a little bit more, um, you know, not only comfort and experience, but also, you know, feels a little more comfortable, takes on more responsibility, develops more of a personality within the group. You know, I, I think that that will come. But yeah, as, as far yeah. as the feet thing goes, I, you know, I don't think, it's only so far he's going to get. I also think Inter Miami needs to at some point accept that there's going yeah. to be limitations there and not put yeah, him in positions play. to yeah. to potentially struggle. You know, you got to play it, positions and put the players in positions to succeed. If he's not great with his feet, then I mean, I'm not saying never pass I'm not saying never pass him the ball, but you know, don't necessarily drill it don't in use him it. that uh-huh. he has to pass out of the back you know, at, you know, first or or if that's the and priority. Listen. So. The thing with MLS and these players that come from college and and that come from uh, from that aspect is that until they get to the MLS, they start to learn stuff. So uh, you got you have to give him a little bit of time to adapt. And also with Calendar, you have to 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 see that he was the number two, and it's important for him always to keep his head on top because in any moment he has a quality also a quality goalkeeper as a number two so if he la deja ir se deja ir as we say in spanish marsman is gonna take his place well marsman's chomping at the bit back there surely exactly. i can't imagine Mar- marsman is is overly content with being the number two but that that looks to be uh what the depth chart is and and it makes sense based off of the form that we've seen uh one more player here to talk about. That's Gregory. Phil Neville said on Tuesday of this week that Inter Miami is close to signing Gregory to a new deal. Now, there's been a lot of reports, a lot of rumors. Phil Neville even said we can't deny those that Gregory has been linked with teams back in his native Brazil. What do you make of what Phil Neville said about a new deal in the works for the captain and the Brazilian midfielder? Well, I think they needed to make that new deal with Gregory because if not, he's going, he was going to be a designated player. Muy bien, so Andrea. Guess, Muy bien. Yes, that's, that's my read 100%. Yeah. yeah, so I guess if they're making a new deal, it's because they 
they didn't take any money from him, but just they gave him maybe an, an year extra mm-hmm. or something like that. Like that works in MLS, <laughs> nowhere else in the world, but in MLS it does. So I guess that is what they are going to announce. And with that, I don't think that the Brazilian teams that that wanted him or the team that wanted him is going to compete with the salary that he's going to get for the years he's going to get them. But the read that I have is that that they are going to give him an year extra, the same amount of money, but in, divided in between years. So he's not a designated player and they have a free uh, designated player spot. Yeah, that's, that's how I interpreted it. They're buying time, right? Like they can extend his stay and maybe pay him a little bit less now while telling him they'll pay him more in the, you know, they'll pay him another year. Exactly. And, and then that gives them, you know, uh, what's the word? Stability. Stability. Yeah, uh-huh. stability. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean... I don't know what that means for Busquets. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I, know. I know. If, I, listen, I also think this. This is what I also think. This is also another interpretation I, I have or and I could see being the case. Although, you know, Phil Lovell said, you know. Anyway, I could see Phil just, you know, it'd be public posturing to try mm-hmm. to get more money out of the Brazilian teams that are maybe vying for his services. Um, but I would venture to guess maybe more on the other side that, you know, that they want to give him stability to remove that DP slot from him to give themselves more flexibility for the summer. And what that means for Busquets, not sure. You know, that maybe maybe this means that Busquets is not coming. Yeah. I won't rule it out, but if they're re-signing Gregory, I think it, it looks it looks a bit more bleak with regards to Busquets' arrival, which could be for better or for worse, depending on your on your viewpoint. No, and I, I guess Maybe Busquets said, oh, now we're winning with Barca. I want to stay another year. So he doesn't want to come right now. There's all if types of rumors. Different... There's all types of rumors. There's also Al Nassar with Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. wants Busquets. There's all different types of rumors yeah. regarding Busquets. So. so, yeah, exactly. So Busquets, in the moment that he said that he was interested in MLS, Barca was living a bad moment. But now they're in a good moment. So who knows? Who knows? But Inter Miami are making moves, maybe not for Busquets. But if they announce Gregory's new contract and it's like we're saying it's going to be, then I think we can expect them looking at other designated players to bring in the summer. All right, Andrea, very quickly, very quickly, something we didn't touch on on last week's podcast, or excuse me, two weeks ago, because uh, it's just had a jam-packed show, and I want to touch on it here. Did David Beckham just go rogue and post Inter Miami's jersey? Did he officially reveal it? I know it's been leaked online and we've seen it and we've put it out there and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But did David Beckham just kind of go do his own thing? And yes, a couple of weeks is. ago, just post himself and a few of his kids in the new Inter Miami jersey, which is apparently going to be called La Noche, which makes sense because that's what our team our name team will be called yes. on Tuesday. So did Beckham just go on his own? Because the team didn't put out anything until... Wednesday, February 15th. The day after Valentine's Day, there was finally a tease. A tease of the jersey officially from a team channel. Now, and the jersey, that is because MLS has the presentation of all the jerseys. has to be done from today to the 18th. So that is why they did it. And Inter Miami will officially, officially reveal the jersey on Saturday against Austin FC. That's the day that you'll see the jersey 
officially, quote, quote, I'm doing, Listen, the, I'm doing the quotation mark fingers here. Well, I mean, yes, he, I mean, but it's unofficial because the team didn't, you know, the team well, didn't do yeah. it. Beckham but he's did the it. team. I, I mean, I, I guess, <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. He gave but, one to Maluma, to Mark Anthony for the wedding. So it was fun. What are Listen. your thoughts on that, though? What are your thoughts? Is it like... Because it's, it's it's good it, marketing, man. If you see Maluma and Mark Anthony well, wearing the shirt, yeah, but I but I feel, I feel like it's kind of odd that, yeah, that, that it Beckham is. it is. But listen, just Beckham do his own is, thing, and the team like they know because normally the team and owner or Beckham, I imagine mm-hmm. they would coordinate together, right? Yes. Like, all right, you can you know, I mean, they don't have to ask him for permission. He's one of the owners, but I imagine they would they would work together. And Beckham's like, all right, I'm going to post it, and the team would be like, all right, well. All right, let's build around let's, that and uh-huh. let's let's do this. That is the but, weird part for me. That the weird part for me is not that he did it because listen, he's the one that has he, if the ha, that has an Adidas contract for the rest of his life. So it doesn't surprise me that he did it that way. And then he gave it to his kids who are also famous, and to Maluma and to Mark Anthony and everyone at the wedding. So it's good publicity. The the thing for me is why didn't the team take advantage of that? Why didn't I don't they? Know if they officially can, right? Because it's like yeah, you said, you yeah. know. So, but MLS that's so, has these rules, so but, I guess maybe that's. But that's why. why, to me, there's more behind this. I don't know what it is, but there's more behind Beckham just going rogue and saying, "I'm releasing this jersey on my Instagram feed mm. two weeks before or three weeks before we can actually do so via MLS channels." I mean, what what was Don Garber gonna do? Call David Beckham and be like, exactly, "Excuse like, me, sir, you're not supposed to." Like, no. I mean, I mean, even if he did, David would probably just laugh in his face and be like, all of right, course, buzz off. Adidas has a contract with Beckham for the rest of his life, and MLS does not. So <laughs> well, who are they going to prefer? Well, that's, I mean, yeah, so it's just, it's just interesting to me. Very curious. Yeah. I definitely think there's more behind it's the story. It's a power there. play. It's a power play. I think it's a power play from Beckham. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, so, let's leave it there. We'll maybe see he the jersey. like the rules. Maybe. Maybe. Or, you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it could be. We could speculate a lot about what it could be. Um, but interesting, interesting development there. A small little note, but maybe something that we find out later on yeah, is so small. Yeah. Uh, but all right, let's leave it there, Andrea. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back for a quick Q and A session. Final thoughts, and we'll do that after this. Andrea Q&A time we'll do another quick one can't get to them all unfortunately but again don't get discouraged stay in with us we will get to yours as we rotate around first question comes from Raymond underscore so rare I don't know I can't I don't know what the pronunciation of that is but I see it a lot on Twitter anyway uh, he says or he asks what is happening with Marsman he can't stay the backup Andrea we touched on this a little bit what do you think? Can he stay the backup? With the money that he's making, yes. I mean, from his Foot- personal standpoint, but... Footballistically, it's not the ideal situation for him. But listen, he's one of the best players in the team. So I, I understand why he is staying. I would say, yeah, he can stay the backup. Yeah. One, from a personal standpoint, because he's sure he probably wants to compete and be the number one. Like any competitor wants to be a starter or most competitors, but he's winning a good 
chunk of coin here in South Florida, living with his family, you know, at this point in his life, at this point in his career, maybe he could be somewhat content with not being the starter. Agreed. At the same time, based on his form and based on the things we've seen, I don't think he deserves to be the number one. Does he have qualities that can help Inter Miami that maybe Drake Calendar doesn't offer, especially with the ball at his feet? Yes. But we've also seen Nick Nick Marsman make some some blunders, you know, that that have proven costly. Not not to say that we haven't from Drake Calendar, but you know, Nick Marsman I think has had more of them. All right, next question, Andrea. And this is this is a good one. This is a funny one. <laughs> From Don Cafecito, we'll wrap up the Q&A session <laughs> my here. My favorite question ever uh, of my time being in the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Some some nice, lofty, praise, praising words for Don Cafecito. Do you hate Valentine's Day as much as Phil Neville does? Now, before we answer this, we have to explain or elaborate here. Phil Neville tweeted out on Valentine's Day at 2.50 p.m. the following words. Quote, not a fan of Valentine's Day. Love should be every day, not one day a year. Heart emoji, end quote. Uh, <laughs> all right, Phil, Phil Neville expressing his thoughts on love on Valentine's Day. All right. I did not know we would be talking about this on Miami Total Football Radio, but alas, here we are. Andrea, do you hate Valentine's Day as much as Phil Neville does? No, I don't hate Valentine's as much as Phil Neville does because... Listen, well, maybe you can watch it in the perspective, like he's saying love with your husband or wife or your girlfriend, boyfriend. But listen, Valentine's is also about friendship and love with your friends and all of that. So I think it's good to have a special day to celebrate with your loved ones, with your special ones, not only your husband and your wife or girlfriend, but your friends. Listen, if you're single, you can celebrate also with your friends. So... I don't agree with Phil. I celebrated with my friends on on Tuesday Tuesday night. I went out for some tacos. It was Taco Tuesday as much as it was Valentine's Day. So I had tacos on Tuesday. I mean, I'd be curious to hear what Jose did for you on Tuesday night, but we'll save that romantic anecdote for another podcast. Listen, I'm going to say, and I will repeat what I said in the beginning. I would, Jose will launch a formal (laughs) complaint against Inter Miami because they put us, against each other in the media game and that can destroy the piece that was made in valentine's day so it's gonna be hard it's gonna be funny and we'll keep you posted on what happened <laughs> i'm uh, gonna I... say he did good on valentine's good. so i don't hate valentine's like this. Okay, yeah so to answer the question more directly on my behalf i don't hate valentine's day and i don't think phil hates valentine's day i think you know listen i, I understand I think I understand the point he was trying to make in saying that like love should be celebrated every day as, as opposed to just one day where everyone starts posting on social media and you know takes their significant other out on a special day. I, I understand the point. You know, it's it's just another day um, that people celebrate on. I mean, you know, you should give thanks every day, right? Do you you know should you only give thanks on Thanksgiving? You know, if you're in the United States, uh, no, you should give thanks every day. But you know, there's a day to especially celebrate or commemorate it. You know, so do I dislike Valentine's Day? Uh, no, I do not. I do not. Phil Neville, very, uh, very uh, <laughs> passionate about about his opinion on Valentine's Day. All right, let's leave it there for the Q&A session. Andrea, quick final thoughts, then I'll give mine, then we'll wrap up the show after that. Well, my final thought for this week is um, about some commentary that I've been getting from some fans of Inter Miami that are a little bit disappointed with the lack of 
um, viewing that they've gotten in this preseason with with the team and with all the matches being closed door and nobody broadcasting them here in the United States. They did broadcast the Vasco da Gama game, but not here in the States. So I wanted to talk about um, the position the league is in right now with the deal with Apple. Hopefully people do buy the package because especially for Inter Miami here in South Florida, not having them on TV, I think is going to have a great impact because you, you had them first for free on your television and now you will have to pay to to watch the games if you cannot go to the stadium so I think that's something that the team needs to acknowledge and needs to work and needs to maybe be a little bit more transparent with the content and with the games and with what they're doing for the fans I I am curious about that from an Inter-Miami standpoint because it's kind of been like that since the inception like why so secretive like the other teams are tweeting out results and live recaps. Other teams are sending out press releases with scores, and Inter Miami just kind of goes mute. Listen, I don't, um, I don't really understand why. Maybe because you know they're David Beckham's team, and any result can draw a headline. Maybe, but and they don't want to make a big fuss about losses, like losing, you know, four to two or four to. But zero. listen, like, like today, they they tweeted the the preview of La Noche. But they didn't tweet like we're playing Montreal. Right, that's what I'm Montreal saying. Montreal like, so, did on their Twitter like so, right, we're so playing why so Miami, secretive? but we cannot post anything. So I was like, but why so secretive? Why like I don't? Yeah, I don't. I don't like... understand that. And listen, that we talked about. We received some questions in, in like two weeks ago, I think, in the podcast when where fans were asking us why don't they go to West Palm Beach or to Homestead or to those areas. Listen, that is going to affect because not every any everyone can afford to pay those fifteen dollars that the the Apple package brings just to watch Inter Miami. So they need to be, do a better job with that. So I, I wanted to really bring it on here because uh, I've received comments about that and about the secret the secretividad. I don't know how to say that in English. Uh, the team has so my final thought, I'll go with what I said earlier. I'll give my quick, and this is jumping into next week's pod, but I'll give a quick what I think is a starting 11 uh, for week one of the regular season. I think you'll see Drake Callender in goal. I'm saying five at the back. I'm saying five at the back. You can say it's five in the middle, whatever. I'm saying DeAndre Yedlin. I'm saying Sergi. I'm saying Christopher McVeigh. And I'm saying one of... Ryan Saylor, I mean, Mabika, I'd probably say Mabika just because Saylor's been out dealing with an injury for a portion, a portion or a part of preseason. And then I think you have Franco Negri as the, the left wing back. The midfield three, I think Gregory as the six. Nicola Stefanelli and Jean Mota as your two eights, your two box-to-box midfielders. Up top, Leonardo Campana and Ariel Lester. That's what I think it's reminding me we'll go with to start week one. Now, if someone gets injured from here until then, well, then that changes things. But as of today, that's what I think. I project the starting lineup to be on match day one against CF Montreal. Now, that does it for this week's show. And the next show, when we come back next week, we'll be talking about our media game, which I know you guys are definitely can't wait to hear. Just kidding. But we'll be talking about the start of the regular season, which will be upon us. The first game, some excitement. We'll be back in the stadium for a game that matters. So plenty to chew on, plenty to dissect, plenty to talk about. And time to make some predictions. Time to make some pre-season predictions, like just like we did last year. And it'll be the entire squad of us, hopefully. So, for Andrea Yanez, I am Frank Ruiz. You have been listening to Miami Total Football Radio. And we'll talk to you guys again.